0: From Studio 6P on a Tuesday night. Real America's Voice, Dish Network, Channel 219, Pluto TV, Channel 240. Busy night, lots of uh, news, possible live breaking news will follow all throughout the show. Lots going on. We'll talk about. Uh, Paul Nolan's going to hear is is here. It's going to have the news. Rick Delgado's here. He's going to have a what even is that tonight? What is the topic of your what even is that?
1: Uh, I blame it all on Paul. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs>
2: Doctor uh,
1: Evil, and, uh, <laughs> a little bit. Rick Amorati's here
2: with uh, sports. What's coming up in sports, Rick? Hey, ABD. Well, special Tuesday night football: Dallas Cowboys at Baltimore Ravens. We'll keep an eye on that. And a legendary wrestler got the Presidential Medal of Honor yesterday.
0: Okay, very good. So, um, I guess we've got to start on the. I mean, I don't know why you want to be on the Supreme Court if you don't want to act when things like this come across. I, I mean, I, this is—it's just a baffling. It's just baffling to me. And I know everybody in media is screaming about what the reasons could be. Oh, it's because the Texas case they're going to take. Oh, it's because of that. I mean, they haven't. They, uh, unlike what you're hearing, and again, I'm no attorney, so I'll go by what I hear smarter people than me say. They have not yet accepted, the Supreme Court has not yet accepted the uh, Texas case to actually hear it. They've put it on the docket, which they have to do, I believe, first to decide whether they're going to hear it or not. Um, so that's number one. But Representative Kelly and Sean Parnell, who we've talked about now for weeks, their application for injunctive relief gets denied. And I mean, you just shake your head at this decision on so many levels. Number one, Justice Alito, with the orders that he gave to Pennsylvania, you have to wonder why. What were all these orders if if this was going to be the end result? And the other thing is, What's with the no explanation? One sentence, no dissents, not a one, and yet no explanation at all—a one-liner to say um, that the application for injunctive relief is denied. Now, this doesn't mean the case is denied. Again, you keep hearing this: the case is dead. It's not. It's not dead. And my understanding is the petitioners now are going to go for this um, full writ of uh, certiorari, which means the whole court will decide i guess whether they want to hear hear the case so the injunctive relief is what they went for first that's what was denied but you it's hard to imagine that the result would be any different on the full writ given this and again i I, so so yes technically the suit is still pending but and they're gonna they're gonna make the last ditch effort from what i understand but It's just hard to imagine what what is going on here. I mean, to me, this has to be looked at as setting some kind of precedent. That you have state boards of elections, you have liberal governors, you can change the playing field, you can disregard Article 2. And now, you know that the Supreme Court, at least at this point, is not willing to step in. So I don't understand how this is not um, setting precedent. And I don't know what the, what the justices at this point, if they sat down and talked about this, or if they're, uh, I, I don't know. if Are we seeing a politics start to really now creep in to these nine justices on the Supreme Court?
1: Well, I mean, I, I think the politics have been there longer than we want to uh, want to admit, unfortunately. But in this case, you would think, you know, like, like you said, it's just one sentence, that's it, we're not going to do it. It's like, okay. Um, and it's not only not only to, to the plaintiff, whoever, you know, brought the case in, but the American people, the, the you know, let's face it, um, 74 million that they counted for Trump. You know that they they switched a bunch because we've already seen, you know, so many charts where, where it's, you know, a one a quadrillion chance that this could play out the way it did, uh, according to some of these experts, you know, work with statistics and, and models and all that stuff. They're like, eh, it doesn't happen. Um you got to explain it. You, you figure they got to explain it, or they just don't have the courage. None of these judges, when they just throw it away, well, they're not saying your, your, your evidence is terrible. They're not saying stuff like that. They're just not saying anything. Like you said, they're giving you one sentence. They're just dismissing it out of hand.
0: Well, the Supreme Court's not going to decide on whether, whether, whether there's anomalies that don't make sense. They're going to either defend the Constitution or they're not, because that's their job. And to me, this sets... A terrible, awful precedent.
1: Right, but that's what I mean because the precedent, you're you're talking about the changes in the legislature of what Pennsylvania did. So that should have been addressed. They they should have had the courage to say we looked at it, we're okay with Pennsylvania, what they did, or they say they're not, but they're not saying either one.
0: No, they haven't as of yet. They dismissed the the injunction, and now they have to go for a full writ to see if the full court is willing to hear the case, which I guess they're going to do. But it's hard to imagine that would be any different. And meanwhile, who's the only person here in this whole process that seemed like she was willing to look at what the Constitution says, look at what Article 2 says, look at what they did with the Act 77 and say no? And that's this uh, appellate court judge, this woman who issued this, um, issued, I guess, well, it wasn't, not I do I guess it was a, it's kind of a, I don't know. It was, I guess it was an opinion saying that we're going to have a, a basically have a hearing on this. And of course, they ran to the Pennsylvania Supreme Court to get that overturned. But she, in her briefing or in her opinion that she issued, she said the petitioners are likely to be successful on their motion. So she looked at what happened, looked at this Act 77 passed through this omnibus bill, not voted on by, the, by consecutive sessions of, of the legislature, not voted on by the public, not printed in the new. I mean, that's the smallest part of it, but it still says it has to be done. And she said, they're so, likely to be successful. The plaintiffs are likely to be successful on their motion. And so what do they do? They run to the rogue Pennsylvania Supreme Court. They get that overturned. So she never has the hearing. And so then they go to Alito, and he, he, he files these orders leading up to the, in Pennsylvania, and then he issues a one-sentence decision in deciding the outcome. With every, I mean, you would think that the American people deserve, at this point, with everything going on, you would think that they deserve at least an explanation. If you're not going to have the courage to, to take the case uh, at this level, you would think you'd have the courage to uh, give some damn explanation and not just say denied. And now people, ta- people just tying this to the Texas, I mean, the Texas case is an interesting case. But people are saying, oh, they didn't take this one because they know that one. <laughs> I, I think that's a huge stretch. Yeah. I think it's a huge long shot that they even take that, that they'll hear that case. It's on the docket. That does not mean they're going to hear it, is my understanding. And I'm no attorney, so I could be totally wrong. But my understanding is it's on the docket, and that has to be, for them to then decide. I guess they have to get four. I don't know if it's four or five. I believe with this one they just dismissed, it had to be four. So to think that you couldn't get Amy Coney Barrett, Alito, who's issued orders to Pennsylvania saying keep those ballots aside, <laughs> right? So he's already involved. Uh, Thomas and either Gorsuch or Kavanaugh. You couldn't get four together to say not none, not a not one dissent in this order, not one. I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I mean, it's I, I don't know again, I. I don't know why you go on the court if you don't want to. I mean, are they, are they worried about getting hammered from the. Uh Maybe
3: they're worried about their car blowing up. Yeah.
0: I mean, are they. Uh, uh, I mean, we've talked about the fact that the Democrats have said. We're going to pack the court. So, I mean, th- in the end, they're coming after them. So they lose both seats in Georgia. And Kamala Harris is the tying vote. I mean, they're coming after their seats. They're, they're coming after their jobs. They're coming after their relevancy. I mean, so... Yeah,
1: it, it, it is stunning. I, I wish we had more of an insight,
0: like... Somebody- well, we do here, because I've got, um, in Red State, as I've told you, Shipwreck Crew, mm-hmm. who is... Um, Goes on Twitter by that name, and I don't know who he is, but everybody says that he knows what he's talking about. Former federal prosecutor.
1: I think that's what it is, yeah. Former federal
0: prosecutor. And uh, he writes the following. I'll give you a little bit of this in the time I have left, and I'll continue. Associate Justice Samuel Alito issued a one-sentence decision in deciding the outcome of the emergency application for injunctive relief in the case filed by GOP Congressman Mike Kelly against the state of Pennsylvania and various state officials. The application for injunctive relief presented to Justice Alito and by him referred to the court is denied. That's all he wrote. It is hard to decipher, he says, why this would be the outcome. Um, A one-sentence order after he had given the state defendants five days to file a response to the emergency application. What we can take from this order is that no justices disagreed with his decision. Generally, when one or more justices disagree, they will write a statement setting forth their views on why the emergency application should be granted. Nobody did so in this case. The other thing to take note of here is that the plaintiffs have not yet filed the petition for a writ of certiorari with the court, which I believe they are, if they haven't done from the time he wrote this article, I believe I've heard they're going to. That is the document that actually requests now the, the full court to review the decision Uh, which is then being appealed. Emergency applications like the one filed are used in an effort to preserve the status quo and to prevent the lower court's decision from taking effect while a petition for review is being prepared or after one is filed and pending. One fact that is noteworthy from the response filed earlier today by the state defendants was that they attached to their filing as an appendix the formal certification of the Biden electors that the governor of Pennsylvania has already sent to Washington, D.C. in advance of the meeting of the Electoral College. The primary component of injunctive relief that was requested in the emergency application was to prevent the governor from taking that step and or by order directing the governor to decertify that step if it had already been taken. I'm not certain there was an argument presented to the court on the question of whether that was even possible. If the court defaulted to the view that it could not undo what had already been done, then the request for injunctive relief in that regard was, uh, surpo- uh, I don't know what this word is. And there was no reason for the court to weigh in into grand injunctive relief that may be ineffective in enjoining anything. But that takes me back to the point I made above, which is that at this moment, there is no petition for review pending. Before the court. So, the question posed now is whether the plaintiffs will go forward with such a petition and then seek an expedited review of the case on the merits prior to January 20th, 2021. I have no idea how the court would receive such a petition and request for expedited review. So, that's just a little bit of it. We'll finish it when we get back. Live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday. The word is superfluous. What is it? Superfluous. Superfluous? <laughs> Superfluous. <laughs>
2: Superfluous. Snuffleupagus. <Enough> <laughs> it's not like Joe Bud.
1: <laughs>
4: and if we do sure we can, we can proclaim pers- the palmist with the palmist who wrote these following words.
0: True international depression. Hi live from Studio 6B on a Tuesday night. Well, the palmist was at it again today. We've got a couple of well, we've got some crazy towns today. And uh, he was back in front of a microphone and scary as ever. <laughs> Even, even his own nominees, right? Doesn't know there's nominees, doesn't know the department they're supposedly up for. It just, it's, I mean, just a disaster. Back to Red <laughs> State. He says, I have no idea how the court would receive such a petition and request for expedited review. But it seems to me that if the court was truly seeking to wash its hands of all election controversies involving Pennsylvania, it could have said so today in statements accompanying this order. By playing coy and giving no reason today, it did nothing to tip its hand about the sentiment inside the court on the actions of the Pennsylvania Supreme Court and state officials across a host of issues. It still has not addressed the extension of the received-by, quote-unquote, deadline set forth in the election statute, which remains pending before it. The request for review on that petition could easily could be easily declined, he says, although several justices have expressed a desire to address the issue. Then he says, was the new lawsuit filed by Texas against Pennsylvania, Wisconsin, and Georgia, and now joined by 11 other red states as plaintiffs, seen as an alternative vehicle, Given that such suits normally fall under the Supreme Court's original jurisdiction and do not first start in the lower state or federal courts, and that's one of the big parts of the Texas thing, is obviously that they have the original jurisdiction. It goes start; it just goes starts right in the Supreme Court. Who can say for sure? He says it is certainly a novel approach to getting the attention of the Supreme Court, but whether Texas has presented. Um, adjustable claims against the states named as defendants is a tricky question right from the start i'll be writing more on the texas case later today but as for justice alito's order in congressman kelly's case while he did close the door on the one open avenue of relief being pursued in doing so he did not signal that the matter is over which he could have easily done so like, I guess that's somewhat of an interesting take to take away from this uh, that I hadn't really thought of that I guess if he wanted to s- put a definitive end to all this, he's saying he could have attached comments. I mean, to me, it still seems it seems odd that it's a one sentence, and it's just more odd that, I mean, I don't know how you can again, I'm not an, it's certainly not clearly an attorney, but it just seems to me knowing doing just the research that we've done on this show to try to explain it to you i don't know how a case can any be any clearer yeah I mean, you hear about, you
1: hear about people getting, getting uh, convicted and, and companies you know, be, being ruled against on a lot slimmer things than I'm sure they would be presenting to the, to the Supreme Court. You think the guys that are presenting to the Supreme Court probably have all their T's crossed and their I's dotted, you know?
0: I mean, if you're not going to take this case, this Act 77 in Pennsylvania, what what? What cases are you going to... I mean, think about the cases that the Supreme Court has weighed into on certain other subjects. I mean, they've delved into everything under the sun with Justice Roberts. They, they'll, they'll weigh in on whether... Uh, I mean, they'll just weigh in on everything else. And here you have a clear violation, seems to me, of Article 2. You have state legislatures that, that were gone around. You have the playing field changed. You have, as Levin pointed out on his Sunday show, things that 14 months ago would have been considered fraud, all of a sudden were all accepted 14 months later in this election. You have a clear Pennsylvania Constitution that says, uh, to make any of these amendments to how we vote in this state, here's what has to happen. Legislative body has to meet on consecutive times. It has to be approved. has to be put to the voters. They have to vote on it. It has to be printed in the local papers. None of that happened. None of that happened. So, I mean, do we follow the laws or do we not follow the laws? Do, is there, are there some we can't follow, some they, they're going to weigh in, some they don't want to weigh in?
1: Yeah, maybe they're getting their marching orders from the Democratic Party. No, you're not allowed to talk about this because the media won't talk about it, so you're not allowed to talk about it. And if anybody brings it up, guess what? They're a nut. They're a conspiracy theorist. Oh, you're crazy. No, That's not going to happen. Meanwhile, you know, the rule of law, like you said, things that would have been a fraud 14 months ago, now it's accepted? Huh? Let's just let all the prisoners... Oh, wait, they're already doing that. Letting all the criminals out of the jails. Oh, you don't don't really need to have any... uh, You know, just cashless bail. Don't worry about it. You really didn't do anything. Really? This is just, it's just another, you know, section of that road that we keep going down that I don't think any of us really want to, but the powers that be are taking us there, whether we want to go or not.
3: You mean the erosion of the entire constitution?
1: Well, the erosion of society too. I mean, think about it. Think about the way people, you know, that video from yesterday from the crazy town, that teacher screaming at people.
3: She got fired today. Did she? Well,
1: indefinitely
3: suspended.
0: Oh, she did. Yeah, yeah. Okay, but last I mean, I saw it was under investigation. I didn't see that they made. A I just move. saw a
3: breaking on Hannity. But I mean, what what would even be in that
1: woman's mind to think? You know what? This is okay to do because everything in because the society she's brainwashed. is brainwashed.
0: Everything is tinged with leftism now, right? The, the, from from unfortunately, the courts to university to colleges to schools to education. Can we not even call it leftism
3: anymore? Can we just call it what it is, and that's collectivism? We just no longer call it leftism. They've gone past leftism a way a, such a long time ago. Whatever. Let's call it
0: collectivism because yeah, be that's collectivism, really how, and that's way worse. It's a further degree of, of statism, of total, Marxism, yeah. whatever you want to call it. But it's everywhere. It, it it pervades everything we do. I mean, we've we've the the left. We've lost a culture. That that's a fact. But it's in everything. It's in everything. Think about it.
1: Think think about they made it. They they made it that that you're a lunatic if you actually love this country. If you want to, you know, uh, I don't know, stand for the stand for the national anthem or hear the song or or put your hand over your heart for the Pledge of Allegiance. That is now considered. Well, that's, you know, uh, people might get offended by offended. I'm offended that you even think that's
3: offensive. It's insane. You know, you were called conspiracy theorists in 2014 and 15 talking about this. No, you're just a conspiracy theory. Communism and and Marxism can never come to America because people still don't believe it can happen, and it's happening all around them. But you guys are way better when it comes to U.S. law and and but is not it possible there's just a much bigger fish to fry here? And a question I have is this: D, you are way smarter than I'll ever be, so I'm going to ask you this question, and I, I need your answer.
0: That's a scary when, thought. When, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean
3: that is. I mean that right, is. So let's just ask. The, let me, answer, let me let ask the, the question. question. <laughs>
0: if I don't the know NSA, what that says about the we in, of your life, but man, that is scary. If the
3: NSA was tracking. <laughs> Every single thing and every keystroke That everybody was doing for the longest time And the FISA court was being abused At such a level um, Against Trump What makes us think there aren't any patriots In government Any patriots in the military Who weren't using the same tools Against the tools You know, against our country Why isn't there maybe a bigger fish To fry in this thing I mean, if, if every keystroke is is recorded by the NSA and the DoD actively has a military operation going on, isn't it very possible that there's something way bigger afoot, and this is a smaller fish to fry? Is I'm asking because I just really don't know. Is it is it is it worth catching? Like if you're a hunter and you got to shoot the little, you know, six pointer on your land, but you know next year he'll be a big daddy or two years from now, do you wait for the bigger game? Is there just something bigger afoot? Because this feels so much bigger to me than just the state legislature, which I believe, in all due respect, violated every constitutional law of every single state. And the heinous disregard for it was abhorrent. But I don't understand. I mean, and again, like, what could be the reason is all I'm asking, because it doesn't make sense to me unless there's something much bigger beyond this. I mean, if we were talking about election fraud for months, months before this. You ha- uh, sorry, Ben. I'm sorry. I lost the clock. Sorry. Ben. All
0: right. Live from Studio 6 b 30 minutes past the hour on a Tuesday night. We've got to stay active on um, social media, see if there's any breaking news out of the Supreme Court. Uh, my understanding is right now this Texas lawsuit. Uh, well, a couple things. Let's just kind of go back and re- look at what we've talked about so far. Kelly's and Parnell, obviously, was um, the injunctive relief was denied. Now they have to go for a full writ of certiorari to have the whole court hear the case. I can't imagine that would be any different in the outcome, but I'll hold my breath. And then we have the Texas. A uh, lawsuit uh, suing the other states, which gives them immediate, obviously standing in the Supreme Court. Um, as Jay, Jay Sekulow called the Texas uh, suit, obviously the biggest one. In, in that, you know, it it would basically be outcome determinative, meaning basically if if that case was to be heard and Texas was to was to win it. Then what would happen is it goes back to the state legislatures and all those states. And they're basically the Supreme Court says your state legislatures now are basically, I guess, ordered uh, to now pick the electors. And then from there, obviously, you would think these places where the Republicans hold the state where legisla- hold the majorities, they're going to obviously they would vote for Trump, which would put him either uh, over the 270 mark. I think someone figured it out. If if that was to win, he would end up at about 294. If they were overturned, those states and Biden would be back down to two, you know, whatever.
3: Yeah, two thirty-two or two forty. But then I also saw there was also another way. It was three hundred four. So just uh...
0: now, you have eleven other states that have um, that have joined this lawsuit. Which I guess you, I guess you have to make the case that the um, the more states that join, I would think, just common sense would say, the more likely SCOTUS to to, or, or the harder at least they're going to look at this and say. Okay, now we have 11 states that have joined Texas in the suit. I mean, it takes four justices. I believe it's four. I heard some arguing that it may have been five or that you need the chief justice. I don't know that that's the case. I think you need four um, to grant grant standing, to grant uh, the case being heard. I mean, if you've got 12 states now, and you think about three of these judges are just appointed by this president. And you've got Clarence. T- I mean, how, how can this not? I, I don't know. I mean, I keep saying, how can it not? <laughs> how can Kelly's, which to me is a black letter to the nth degree. How could they not hear this case? And then you get this ruling today with no explanation. It just.
1: Well, well, it's funny watching, uh, you know, so uh, of course, you go on Facebook, there are so many constitutional lawyers there now, it's unbelievable. Um, but just listening to someone like like a Levin or reading um, or, or listening to someone like a, a Turley, you realize that, okay... Um, I wouldn't exactly put those two in the
0: same... Uh, but I mean, I mean, I like Jonathan Turley. But right, but,
1: but I mean, in terms of, if you're going to listen to somebody on Facebook or one of these guys, hey, you pick one of these guys and at least... You know, let's defer to, let's defer to their knowledge and their expertise, and a lot of it has to do with well, you know, does Texas have standing? And when you hear it explained by some of these guys, and I forgot who did it, it started to make sense. It's like, okay, now I can see how Texas and the other states would have standing because now moving forward, once inauguration day happens, every policy coming out of that federal government will affect those other states, even though you know, it will affect those other states. That's why they have standing. Because the decisions moving forward from that point, if he were to get inaugurated, now affects them. Right now, it probably wouldn't um, because he's not the president, so he's not making any policies. But because of what's coming January 20th, that's what they're looking at is like, now these states have standing because the whatever laws were broken,
0: you know, uh Affected the the citizens in the other states.
1: Yes, they affect all the other states now.
3: And the Texas deal is bigger because seven of the states combined with that lawsuit, is that how that works? 11 11 11. others now. 11, okay.
0: So Julie Kelly wrote a piece in American Greatness, Will the Texas lawsuit overturn the 2020 election? And she writes, in a lawsuit filed Monday before the U.S. Supreme Court, state of Texas accuses, now listen to the wording, accuses four states currently one by Joe Biden, of using the COVID-19 pandemic as an excuse to violate the electors clause and the 14th Amendment. Texas Attorney General Ken Paxton is suing Pennsylvania, Georgia, Michigan, and Wisconsin for usurping the sole authority of state legislatures to create election law and, uh, and charges that millions of absentee ballots were unlawfully processed by local election officials. Quote, they accomplished these statutory revisions through executive fiat or friendly lawsuits, thereby weakening ballot integrity, the plaintiffs wrote. Quote Finally, these same government officials flooded the defendants' states with millions of ballots to be sent through the mails or placed in drop boxes with little or no chain of custody and at the same time weakened the strongest security measures protecting the integrity of the vote, signature verification and... And witness requirements. The filing asked the court to extend the December 14th deadline to certify each state's electoral slate, noting that the only date mandated by the Constitution is January 20th, Inauguration Day. The bill of particulars against the four rogue states is damning, she writes. Unelected bureaucrats such as Pennsylvania Secretary of State Kathy Bookvar and members of the Wisconsin Election Commission changed the rules at the last minute and without authority. Local election workers flagrantly violated numerous state election laws. Rejection rates for mail-in ballots were far lower than in the primary elections despite the unprecedented volume of absentee voting. And the statistical probability of Joe Biden's victory in those four states as of 3 a.m. on November 4th, Given Trump's substantial lead is less than one in a quadrillion, they said, "quote unquote." A few quick highlights: Pennsylvania in the, from the from the Texas filing. Uh, Bookvar, who was appointed by Governor Tom Wolf, a Democrat, a radical Democrat, by the way, in 2019, unilaterally and unconstitutionally ditched the state signature verification statute, and extended the deadline for receipt of mail-in ballots, including envelopes without postmarks until three days past Election Day. As I explained in this column, Pennsylvania election law expressly prohibits the processing of mail-in ballots until 7 a.m. on Election Day. That rule was clearly violated. Pennsylvania also does not permit ballots to be cured. Another law, uh, local law election officials ignored. This number of constitutionally tainted ballots far exceeds the number uh, 81,660 of the votes that separate the two candidates. In Georgia, Paxton uh, claims that the number of unlawfully handled mail-in ballots in the peach state far exceeds the margin of victory between Biden and Trump. Biden is purportedly ahead by less than 13,000 votes. Republican Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger, who penned an op-ed in Monday's Wall Street Journal, claiming that the 2020 election was the most secure in history and accusing <laughs> President Trump of running the Stacey Abrams playbook by refusing to concede made unconstitutional changes to Georgia's election law. Well, besides the fact that they had a, a, a decree consent between Stacey, the Democratic Party and Mr. Raffensperger, and the state legislature didn't even know about it. So you could start there. In March 2020, Raffensperger and the state's Democratic Party reached a settlement that made it much harder to challenge signatures on absentee ballots. That change was not approved, nor was it even known by the state legislature. Raffensperger's self-aggrandizing commentary notwithstanding, the rejection rate for mail-in ballots this year is beyond implausible. Only 4,700 absentee ballots out of 1.3 million that were cast were rejected in 2020, or 0.37% of the total. In 2016, 13,677 mail-in votes were rejected out of only 213,000 ballots, 6.42%. Nearly three times as many mail-in votes were rejected four years ago, even though more than six times as many were mailed out in 2020. In Michigan, in May of 2020, the Democratic Secretary of State announced her office would send, without any request necessary, mail-in ballot applications to all 7.7 million registered Michigan voters. In direct um, contravention of the state election law, the legislature only authorized local election clerks, not the Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, to send absentee ballot applications. Quote, Secretary Benson lacks the authority to distribute a single absentee voter application, much less the 7.7 million absentee ballot applications that she chose to flood across Michigan, end quote. Election workers in Wayne County, home of Detroit, broke several election laws, she writes. Signature verification requirements were ignored. Observers were kept far away from the process, denied access altogether. Workers ran, quote, the same ballot through the tabulators multiple times. Biden's margin of victory in Michigan is around 146,000 votes. In Wisconsin, finally, she says election officials in the Badger State broke several state laws. Uh, co- county election workers doctored certificate, certification envelopes in an effort to illegally cure mail-in ballots, a practice that's not permitted under state law. Like in Pennsylvania, mail-in ballots were inspected before election day against uh, state election law. Over 500 unmanned drop boxes, quote unquote, primarily in the state's five largest cities were used in the election, a violation of state law that requires absentee ballots to be mailed or delivered in person. There's no option for drop boxes. Democrats exploited the COVID-19 crisis by encouraging voters to use the indefinitely confined rule to circumvent absentee ballot requirements. Nearly 216,000 Wisconsin voters used that exemption to vote in the 2020 election. That was a four-fold increase over 2016. The Texas suit asked the court to declare that the four states administered the 2020 presidential election in violation of the electors clause in the 14th Amendment and essentially nullify any presidential electors appointed in those states. And she finishes by saying things are certainly getting interesting. So that's a little bit on the on what's going on in Texas, and so
3: Sandy Jensen wrote um, the Supreme Court did not decline to hear the Pennsylvania case. They denied the request for the court order overturning PA election before hearing the case.
0: Uh, correct. That's what we
3: said. Right? So she said that's big difference, right? And this
0: is what everyone seems to be saying that Everyone's you- saying the case is dismissed. That's the end of the road for the case. It's not the end of the road for the case. Now right. you can make the you can make the case as I, as I have and will continue to that. I don't see the outcome on a full writ being any different, but that's what they're going to do. The petitioners are going to go now go for a full writ of certiorari for the entire court to decide if they want to hear the case up to ne- It was just justice Delito, which again, makes this, this is why it's so, he made the decision. I, I believe on his own, the other justices, none of them dissented, which means they all agreed. And he's the one who gave the damn orders to Pennsylvania. He's the one who allowed all this to happen, and he, then he gives this one sentence 40 minutes after the last brief was filed. So, I mean, it's just a head-scratcher. But again, going back, uh, you know, maybe he's being, maybe there, as um, Shipwreck Crew says, maybe they're being coy in that he didn't just shut it, the whole thing down easily with remarks Or some kind of an opinion or that he could have easily had done, I I guess. That's one thing that you could try to take out of it that's positive. But, I mean.
1: Or maybe it was like a procedural move. It's like, all right, we know this is not really going to go anywhere. Let's just get rid of it quick and let them get to the next
0: step, which, you know. How how could it not go uh, anywhere? I mean, it's as as clear-cut a case as you could possibly, possibly have. from Studio 6 a Tuesday night, 13 till the hour, hour one. Spent most of the hour talking about the Supreme Court, because how can you not? On a night that they decide, well, they don't really want to be in the game, at least so far. We'll see what happens with this Texas suit. I mean, if they agree to hear it, which I don't believe up to now they have. I know there's a lot of people screaming that they have or, or jumping up and down that they have with the pom-poms, but I don't think they have. I think putting it on the docket is what they need to do to able for the then them to decide whether they want to hear it just because it's on the docket i don't believe that means it's being heard yet um so we'll see and um
1: yeah it's been a long time since
0: i argued in front of the supreme court so i don't know (laughs) right eric erickson (laughs) again was out today saying the fbi shouldn't investigate ken paxton Uh, to see if he has any dirty dealings. They should be investigating him to see where he got his law license because this filing is the worst piece of crap I've ever seen. It's like a kindergartner wrote it. So, um, Who said that? Eric Erickson. So we'll see uh, if he's right. Uh, let's do sports here uh, with uh, Rick Amorati. What's going on, pal?
2: Hey, Big D, I just want to take uh, one moment in entertainment and remember the late, great Beatle, John Lennon, who was killed 40 years ago today at the age of 40 in New York City. So, uh, blessings to his family, John, the great John Lennon. Um, and in uh,
0: sports... Uh, did, you Rand- have, <laughs> did you want to have like a moment of silence or something for him I, um, we, we can. can I, 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 Well... I, I thought we gave it to him. <laughs> I wasn't sure. So.
2: I can remember where I was, and I'm sure a lot of people hit home with people because everybody remembers that, that day. Damon, you were probably a little kid at the time, but I remember Don Imus on the radio announcing it and me saying, this guy's over the top. I can't believe he's making, making this story up. And sure enough, and unfortunately, it was true um, that uh, he had, was uh, murdered in New York City. Um, back in 1980. I can't believe it's 40 years ago. So let's move over to Rodeo. Wrangler National Finals Rodeo at Globe Life Field in Arlington, Texas. Um, Night five. We have uh, round five. Bareback riding. Clayton Bigelow on top flight scored an 89 on the Saddle Bronc, Wyatt Casper on Onion Ring, 90 and a half. <laughs> and uh, bull riding, Ty Wallace on Freddy Fender. Hey, I, I hear bareback riding, and then all of a sudden it goes downhill. No, I'm just kidding. 91 and a half. And uh, we got steer wrestling as well. Um, last night, Matt Reeves, uh, 3.9 seconds. Uh, and he only won 23,481. For some reason, they get 3,000 less for steer wrestling, I guess because it takes a little less time. Also in team roping Smith and Jade Corkill, 3.6 seconds. Tie down roping, Henta Heron, 7.4 seconds. And listen to this one, barrel racing. Haley Kinzel, again, in 16.92 seconds. This young lady, three wins in five rounds thus far. She's made $78,693,000 uh, in winnings now for the 26-year-old, class of 17, Texas A&M Aggie grad from Cotula, Texas. So that young lady is quite the barrel racer. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> Tuesday <laughs> I was night football. The same thing. She's terrific. Yeah, boy, it's something you can relate with. Tuesday night football. The Baltimore Ravens right now trail the Dallas Cowboys 10 to 7, although they're driving down in Dallas territory. It seems like they're going to be running over Dallas all night with no run defense. But it's the second quarter. Andy Dalton on a 13-yard pass to Michael Gallup for the Cowboys. Dalton seven of eight for thirty-eight yards and a touchdown. And last night, late final, Buffalo Bills 34 to 24 over the San Francisco 49ers. Buffalo Bills move to the top in the east at nine and three qb josh allen 32 of 40 for 375 yards and four tds and wide receiver and former dallas cowboy cole beasley for the buffalo bills nine receptions 130 yards and one touchdown and apologies to all our new york football giant fans for missing this last night from an 0-5 start to first place in the nfc least the new york oh, giants 17-12 yeah. <laughs> over the seattle seahawks in seattle uh, New York Giant running back Wayne Gallman, a true stud. 16 carries for 135 yards as he replaces Saquon Barkley. And speaking of replacements, Colt McCoy, the backup for Danny Jones, led the Giants along with their surging defense to the upset. Giants now in first place, tied with the Washington football team, both at 5-7. and seven. And that's a wrap for the first segment of Big Sports, Big D. Okay, very good. And God rap. bless we'll, we'll John get, Lennon. We'll get back to He was yes. with the Beatles. You might have heard of them. You, um, you
3: do yeah, know yes, he was have, a bit of a commie, though, right? I've, like, I've, I mean, I, I look, he, he had a couple good tunes, but I—, I oh,
0: a couple good tunes? I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm kidding. <just laughs> I'm kidding. God. Strawberry just kidding.
3: I'm kidding. A couple good just
2: tunes. Just kidding. Yeah. kidding. 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 <laughs> commie. One of the all-time greatest. <laughs>
0: Hands down. People like your Prince outfit tonight. uh, Oh, it's terrific. He looks like a million bucks over there. Fantastic, yes. Or maybe... 150 but it looks like a million bucks but
2: i, I gotta thank the audience for all the love I, I appreciate it every night you guys are the greatest how's you really
0: the are. Um, how's the twitter following coming uh at slick rick sports at slick rick sports how's yeah. that coming
2: closing in on 400 big d I'd, I'd like wow. to be a little further on and hey hit me up because you know what I'll, I'll get your team on there if i'm missing your team or there's something you want me to get on the show i'll do my best to get it in there for you right?
0: when's the last time you actually tweeted rick uh, about a week ago, I don't
2: tweet too crazy. You know, mm. I, I'm so busy watching Rick Delgado's tweets every five minutes. I I, I don't have enough time. Okay. <laughs> the only okay. guy whose Twitter game is worse than mine is you. Yeah, <laughs> my Twitter
3: I, game stinks. I got to answer that tweet. tweet. I yeah. know,
0: I got to. Uh, well, speaking of Twitter, follow at Rick Sports um, yeah. at Slick Rick Sports, and follow the right one would be helpful. Uh, follow the show at LFS6B on Twitter at LFS6B on Facebook. Uh, YouTube, I think it's live from Studio Six B show, uh, but you can just search it and YouTube comes right up. But follow us on YouTube as well. The YouTube audience continues to grow. I'm over there now. Uh, I said, uh, talking to all these nut jobs over there, um, they're nuts, all of them. But that's uh, a great crowd, of yeah. crazy. Yeah. them. crazy. They're all out of their mind. It's perfect are. for uh, well for you. Um, speaking of you, do you want to do <laughs> some? Do you want to do some news here, Paul Nolan? Oh, I would, I would. Uh, and what the heck just
3: happened? Oh yeah, so I, I had a uh, good news here for ex friend of the show. Uh, 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 I mean, ex-FBI director clears, Papa John, founder of racial bias, slams clearly inaccurate media.
0: Yeah, I saw Uh, this. This is a big deal. In a
3: it's detailed a rebuke of uh, of news media, former FBI director Louis Free said his exhaustive in, exhaustive investigation of Papa John found that John Shatner found no evidence of racial animus, citing corporate transcripts that directly contradict news reports suggesting the pizza executive had criticized NFL players for kneeling during the anthem. A thorough exa- this is quote a thorough examination found that public comments by Mister Shatner were neither intended nor can reasonably be interpreted to reflect any racial bias prejudice or disrespect for african americans or people of color free wrote in, uh, in, in a, a statement made on tuesday any attempt by some media to characterize mr shatner's statements as attacking nfl players for bias for their protests was factually incorrect and in effect an editorial comment by the reporting facility so good for him he's a uh, He's been a friend to the show and an, an absolute gentleman and a, an, an incredible guy in terms of the, the work he does for charity. So incredible yeah,
0: think, story. See, and think, uh, we're working on getting him on this week if we can. Oh, really? Oh, good. Yeah. See, oh, I think cool. that, w- that
1: would qualify as a fact check. Right. right? They, they went and they actually did an investigation and checked the facts and all of a sudden, boom, guess what? You guys were wrong. So.
3: You know. Exactly. It's it's, uh, it's it's really it's incredible to see like the way they you can in the court of public opinion, you could destroy a human being's life in a split second. Well, he's yeah.
0: a, he was a friend of Trump.
3: That's
1: why yeah.
0: they went after him. Canceled culture. Well, I don't know if he was a friend of Trump when this when this all went down with him getting kicked off the board. But uh, but it just shows that, uh, again, we talked about everything being tinged with uh, collectivism, as Paul wants to call it, which is fine with me. Uh, this, this is it. You know, if the media pick if you're if you get targeted. You know they're in lockstep together. They move together. They burn the place down together. They they don't. There's no uh, there's no objectivity. It's all groupthink in all of these newsrooms across the board. I'm sure they talk to each other. Hey, what are you going to do today? Who are you going after? What are you doing? What are you asking? You know, it's all this nonsense.
1: Well, you, you, we saw Josh Holly point out that's what Google, Facebook, and Twitter do. Yep. So you know it's probably happening in the newsrooms as well. They'll have their little, you know, group chats that they get into. Hey, here's what we're going to do. Yeah, let's do that. That's great. All right, I'll take it from this angle. Who do you got on this one? You know what I mean? So they all share sources. They all share material. It's 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 disgusting.
3: Yeah, the wrap-up uh, times yep. 10. Yeah.
0: There you go. All right. Hour two coming up. Lots to do. We'll get into this um, FBI story with uh, China and um, one Eric Swalwell. Oof. <laughs> Boy, he's got a lot of bad press lately, huh? from studio 6b hour two real america's voice on a tuesday night glad you're in paul nolan's going to have news rick delgado's going to have what even is that here coming up in a second rick emirati will have more sports lots to do here in hour two we'll keep uh keeping a lookout for any alerts on if we get any more notification from the supreme court on this texas case that i believe now is on the docket i don't believe that means that they've necessarily agreed to hear it but it's on the docket which gives them i guess the right to decide if they want to hear it is my understanding uh you have my uh representative mike kelly sean parnell uh who went for um <clears throat> um injunctive relief that got denied by um supreme court and now they'll go for a full writ of certiorari to see if the whole court would listen, would hear the case I can't imagine that would be any different as we've talked about but we'll see. So those are the two really big pressing cases here that that we really will decide. Jay Sekulow says the Texas thing if it's heard will be the will be the whole ball whole ball game. Cuz obviously if Texas prevails, then the four states they're suing, it goes back to, assuming it, it would go back to the state legislatures and they would have to then appoint the electors. So that would be the whole ball game obviously. So um, hey, G, do we have a live, if you have that before we get to uh, what even is that? Do we have a live look at um, Eric Swalwell? Because I have a story coming up in hour two. This is from our friend Octo, Octopaz on Twitter. Do we have a live look at uh, him out there on that date? Let's see here. Uh oh. I don't know, Eric. Better pay a little more attention to who you're dating. Uh. <laughs> yeah i don't know you gotta pay attention there so all right now it's time for one of my favorite news segments here on the show and that is rick delgado with what even is that
1: all right damon thank you and before we get started i'm gonna i'm gonna piggyback off of uh, rick Amirati and i just want to take a moment to acknowledge the passing of chuck yeager a real American tough Ooh, guy. Yeah. America's pilot. Yes. How about a moment of, moment of silence? All right, enough about that. Uh, today, we're going to blame this segment on what even is that? We're going to blame it on our own Paul Nolan. Mm-hmm. Wave to the camera, Paul. It's you. How nope. are you?
0: Paul yep. Eggs one.
1: <laughs> Thank you to Paul for sending me down this path, one of which I'll probably never recover, but at the same time, maybe I shouldn't. And after watching even just a little bit of this, none of us should. Let me rewind just a little bit and tell you what I'm talking about. We've all heard about, you know, the Brave New World, New World Order, all that Big Brother stuff, right? And we know the names, George Orwell, the movie 1984, we've read the books, we've seen it all, but this... This is the newest incarnation of the same thing that the powers that be have been planning all along. And through clever marketing, they've repackaged it using the pandemic for a new generation. Yeah, it's called the Great Reset. Now, why does this sound familiar? I don't know if you get, get you a little confused here with Hillary stepping back out to Staples back in 2009 to get one of those easy which buttons. Which represents
5: what President Obama and Vice President Biden and I have been saying. And that is... We want to reset our relationship.
1: Yeah, reset relations. relations. So we will do it together, okay? Resetting relations with Russia and a stupid button, and they couldn't even spell it correctly. But this witch, you know, let's face it, she managed to score millions for herself while selling off parts of our nation's uranium. Fast forward to 2020, and the great reset is being trotted out by this guy. And if you really want to be
5: scared, just listen to what he has to say. We can change our behavior to be in harmony with nature again. And we can make sure that the technologies of the fourth industrial revolution are best utilized to provide us with better lives. In hmm. short, we need a great
0: reset. Yes. Uh, Harmony yeah. with nature. That's doesn't that yeah. sound not bad. Uh,
1: what? What? What even is that? I mean, I, I mean, aside from sounding like he's trying to take over the world, but only James Bond can stop the bad guy. He's actually a real person, and he really talks like that. Yeah. And his name is Klaus. And he's in control of something called the World Economic Forum. <laughs> it's just
0: a James Bond movie. <laughs> and,
1: and did I mention? Oh, he really talks like that. And in keeping with the bad guy stereotypes, guess what? This lunatic really does want to take over the world, like, literally. And just like, I don't know, Dr. Evil had mini-me, Klaus here has a freaking sidekick.
3: Hello, everybody. It (laughs) is I, your cute and adorable Paul Grover, with a message for listeners of The Great Reset. Uh, You thought I was kidding? You are in
2: luck because... I know a thing or two about resetting. Oh, do you, Mm -hmm. Grover? I reset my alarm clock every morning. (laughs) But you are talking about
3: resetting the entire world. Now, that does a very big job. Yeah,
1: and they even recruited Sesame Street's Grover to help. Why? Guess what? Because they're going after the kids, and I don't even think they're hiding it anymore. Why the kids? Oh, I don't know. Maybe it's a German thing, right, Klaus? Or just saying, maybe it's because, well, they're just so cute and lovable. Oh, uh, oh, and easy to manipulate. Because let's face it, by using things like symbols of childhood innocence to social media influencers, it's all about getting them when they're young. College campuses, to our nation's schools, and now, well, Grover's helping to get in the preschool. Again, this is why you should always take a breath and ask questions. <gasps> why? Because that's when kids are most impressionable, won't put put up much resistance. Also because kids are like sponges and they're easy to indoctrinate and less likely to question things coming from those who they've been conditioned to respect. And make no mistake, this isn't the first time this tactic has been used. From cartoons here in this country in the 40s pushing to support the war effort to the most recent local example in New York State using a contest to get kids to wear masks. Look, if you don't think this is a well-constructed and coordinated attack on many levels, then you probably think you still have a chance. I don't know, the Wynn Publishers Clearinghouse. Maybe if you just send in that one more entry. Or, or maybe you're that guy who told his buddies, yeah, serious, that stripper, she really liked me. No, really, seriously. <laughs> or you really think Joe Biden actually won. <laughs> Look, the bottom line is that this guy, Klaus, and his very rich buddies are all angling for one thing. Try to take over the world. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and it's what, they, it's what they made fun of with cartoons, but that's because we all thought these people were crackpots. Yeah. Except, of course, if you're part of that Bilderberg crowd. But don't take my word for it. Look, watch their videos. Hey, you can get the book. Yeah, read what they write. They, they wrote a book and hear what they say.
5: Now is the historical moments a time. Not only to fight severe virus, but to shape the
1: system. Yeah, and if you're fine with that, God bless you. We'll catch each other on the other side. But if not, then this is just another reason why we should really be following the science. But also why getting this election right is so important because the next thing you know they're going to be pushing for vaccination verifications and there'll be no one left fighting for us.
5: We need a great reset.
0: we, we right. can't Good
3: play you. That was fun. Thank Scary you. but fun. That, Scary. Is, that
0: guy is a James Bond. I mean that's out of that's right out of Central Casting, that guy. Yeah. Holy cow! It, 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 he's so demented and
3: scary. It almost seemed like an SNL skit at first. First time I started following Klaus uh, Klaus Schwab, I'm like, wait a sec, this has got to be a go. This can't. This guy can't be that evil. How could this be? But you know, look, let's be honest. I mean, the, the entire economic collapse, right? I mean, what a, what a better pretext than uh, all these lockdowns? Yeah, you know, than the real estate market. Everyone zooms from home. Everyone's got virtual
0: offices. What does that mean for um what does that mean for uh, XRP anything? I think it's shoots through the roof, get on the crypto now. <laughs> oh boy. Um I right, great Rick, uh, that is man, that is out of central casting there. Klaus, the man with the golden gun. Klaus Schwab. Klaus Schwab. Look him up. We to take to over the world. need to reset I mean, now. <laughs> yes, I mean that's that's Ooh. 007 time there. Um Green our, new deal fizzles right in with that and
3: then the uh the fourth revolution, you know what that is? Yes,
0: yeah, the one that comes after the third.
3: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you know, you know what they think it is? The merging of, of technology and biology, the merging of computer and, and, and human flesh. That's what the fourth uh, economic revolution will be.
0: Now, does that affect XRP?
3: I believe for the positive as well, so we're not okay. going to knock it completely.
0: <laughs> okay. I am on all. I'm on all boards that lead to uh, to the moon. <laughs> so Peter,
3: um, Peter, uh, Peter Lambo. Rizzo, if only David Klaus was petting Lambo. a cat.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, we'll we'll do well. I was going to do news, but people are in the comments of all all over the place saying the Supreme Court has decided to hear the case. I have not found that yet. I went to the actual docket here of the Supreme Court. Uh, Number 220155, Texas, plaintiff versus Pennsylvania, uh, filed December 7th proceedings and orders. The only thing I see for today, response to the motion for leave to file a bill of complaint and to the motion for a preliminary injunction and temporary restraining order or alternatively for stay, an administrative stay requested due Thursday, December 10th by 3 p.m. So I believe in... In English, that is for, uh, that's is for—that's the court asking for the defendants, I believe, to respond. So, I—I again, I don't necessarily think that means, unless someone has further information that I don't have, which is certainly possible, a link to something, I see nothing showing that they have decided to, to listen to the case.
1: Yeah, the only thing I'm seeing is the, uh, the other Supreme Court news about them denying the other, the other case earlier.
0: Again, a lot of people have been saying, Oh, it's on the docket, they're gonna hear it. I, I don't that doesn't mean they're gonna hear it. That means they're gonna put it on the docket to then decide. If it's not on the docket, they can't even decide if they're gonna hear it, I believe. So uh that's as far as I can see we've gotten. I mean, I feel like if they took it I'd see a lot more on all of my social media feeds and I don't see really anything. If someone has a um someone out there has more information, send it in through Facebook, YouTube, Twitter to a link to something, and we'll take a look. Um, all right, do you have anything short in news, Paul, here?
3: Uh, just the uh, the story I had in front of me that I thought was interesting is the uh, Michigan lawmakers leading the investigation into the 2020 election threatened Dominion Voting System CEO with a subpoena. If he doesn't appear before the committee voluntarily, uh, you know, they're going to I'm going to subpoena him. So, um, you know, so that was Matt Hall, the Republican who chairs the Michigan House Oversight Committee, said on December 7th, uh, 7th in a letter obtained by the Epoch Times that uh, he sent the missive last month asking Dominion CEO John Poulos to testify before the committee. And, um, Hall wrote, uh, I have not received an answer to my request. I'm writing again to request your appearance before the House Oversight Committee so that we can further investigate Dominion's role in the election. And uh, he essentially said that, uh, you know, they will subpoena him and hopefully they get him before then. It's kind of nice. These guys feel like they're above the law, doesn't it?
0: Yeah. And it's nice to see at least somebody in Michigan saying, you know, no more games here. If you're not going to show up, we're going to subpoena you. Yeah. Um, so uh, that's the case there. So all right, well we got some crazy towns to do. I've got a couple things from Biden today. I've got actually the president today as well, and the uh, just the just the low rent media, which is what they are asking these ridiculous questions again. And I picked the most ridiculous, which of course came from Peter Alexander from NBC. No big surprise there. Um, who may be the dumbest of them all. So we'll get to that, and uh, we'll get to crazy town. Live from Studio Six B, seventeen past the hour, Tuesday night. Paul's going to do some more news. Rick will have more sports. Rick Delgado's here. Geo Friend holding it down. Um, so, well, let's do Crazy Town. G. Joe Biden was out talking today. Is that what he calls it? And uh, a couple. Well, yeah, that's what he. That's what he. Talk, that's what he calls it. But uh, so a couple things here. Um, let me see what uh, This is the. Uh, yeah. So here's Joe Biden today talking about some of the illustrious cabinet uh picks he's he's um looking to get through us the senate which i think a lot of them are gonna have problems if if we get to that uh but here's joe biden introducing one of his hhs and i'll emphasize the s hhs secretary roll that
4: And I'm grateful to the members of my COVID team that I'd like to introduce to you now. Okay, great. Who will lead the way. All right. I'm really proud of this group. For Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominate Javier Baccaria. (laughs) You know, Javier Bechera, excuse me. He's currently the Attorney General of California, leading the second largest Justice Department in America.
1: (laughs) What a tool. (laughs) (laughs) Did did he say (laughs) Taqueria?
0: I don't even know what he said. I, I <laughs> That's racist. I don't know what he said, but people are focused on him botching his name. He doesn't even know who he's, he's putting up. He, he's nominating him to Health and Human Services, HHS. He's just, just listen to what he said. I mean, this is, uh, oh my God, (laughs) come on. I mean, he can't even read what's in front of him. And you don't believe in conspiracies. (sighs) Roll that one more time, G. Listen to the department he says he's going to. Roll it.
4: And I'm grateful to the members of my COVID team that I'd like to introduce to you now who will lead the way. I'm really proud of this group. For Secretary of Health and Education Service, I nominate Javier Baccaria. <laughs> you know, Javier Bechera, excuse me. He's currently the Attorney General of California, even, even the right. second largest Justice Department in America.
0: <laughs> Health and Education soon. <laughs> Health and Education soon. Health and Human Services. Health and Human Services. And what's H- the guy's H-H-S. name again? His, his <laughs> name, according to him, is Xavier Baccaria. And then he says something else that's wrong. <laughs> hey, Baccaria. Then he says, then he says it's Javier. Becerra. He says Javier, too. Yeah. Baccaria, Baccaria. Like, it is no, ha- no, Joe, that, that's, your, that's your gardener, Joe. No, it is Javier. It's Javier Becerra. It's Javier Becerra. is how you pronounce his name and he's going up for health and human services not health education mm. <laughs> whatever that is Grunt. that must be a new department he's coming up with the health and education soon. well we're on
3: on the crazy town we really should play Rio? last
0: night's again we
3: got to play that crazy lady again oh yeah you only played it so once real. yeah and you, it was so you funny you played it at the end
0: of the show you said she got um uh, yeah heard she today.
3: was uh, indefinitely suspended i got a tweet from uh I believe it was Sean Hannity. I can find it for you. Do we
0: have that last night, G? The crazy town from the teacher last night? I mean, I can't imagine why she got suspended after this. Yeah, this. This.
1: So hard on a clear day, she's got her wipers on. Miss Crabtree, she's just all over the place. Mm -hmm. Hi, kids. Imagine if you're like distance learning and you're a kid and you left the microphone on by mistake.
2: Yeah,
0: teaches sign language. I see. Oh, I just can't believe
3: she didn't get out of the car and stab someone.
0: As Rick said, as Rick said last night. Uh, Mrs. Smith, you know, I don't think my son actually got this wrong on the test. I'm a (laughs) teacher! Oh my God, could you
3: imagine? (laughs) You're right. I'm sorry.
0: Yes. Uh, You can see the principal coming around. How many parents do you have coming to back to school night? Oh, all 23? Okay. Uh, Mrs. Smith, how many do you have? Zero? Oh, really? Wonder why? Could you imagine? Could you imagine? And she's and she's happy to broadcast that she's a, you know it always amazes me with, with, with liberals like that. I mean, do they do they think that that's going to go over well with their employer when that goes viral? To you think she's thinking? Well, I don't. I mean, that's my I guess. That's my point. I, I don't. How does she think that's going to serve her well?
1: Because she thinks she's entitled to do this. Yes, this is okay. This is acceptable behavior because of her position. And she gets to decide that people are not, you're a disgusting person. I should be able to flip you off and call you any name
3: in the book. And I don't care who's watching. Because her morality is higher than yours.
0: Again, she starts the conversation with bitch, kill yourself. (laughs) So that's where we start. Right. That's where it started when she first wigged out. So that's the starting point.
1: I think that's also when when little Susie asked to go to the bathroom. That was her first line out of her mouth too.
0: Well, it could be. I mean, I guess that's that's the point. I don't know how she thinks that's going to go over well with parents in her in her uh, in her school system, which obviously it didn't. <laughs> Shocker.
3: So here's the story. Uh... Um, the teacher placed on leave after unhinged rant towards peaceful anti-lockdown. Um, the viral video of the Jefferson County School uh, District teacher screaming expletives at peaceful anti-lockdown protesters has been led to, have been, uh, to be put on administrative leave. The anti-lockdown group gathered at the intersection of Northwest Greenwood Avenue and Northwest Wall Street and, as, and was peaceful, unlike protests from the left, which left the city half-destroyed so yeah it's right it's right there uh so it's a good thing uh thinks he's she's there to, and you
1: know what Char- charliekirk.com has a great picture of her yeah. a great still i'm gonna
3: share it because this is hilarious it is hilarious i'm on the same th- it's so funny <laughs> she's
0: terrible. Yeah, now, bitch, now bitch just imagine it. just imagine just just for the fun of uh having we're doing crazy town here just imagine if it the, everything was reversed and these were <laughs> Biden supporters out there saying that Biden won, that Biden won. And this was, um, I, I don't know, any, any conservative, anybody, anybody that pulled up with a Trump flag or an Ameri- American flag, because that's about as. Oh, yeah, they'd be called the Nazi. And, sh- and did that. <laughs> Breaking tonight on the NBC Nightly News. Let's go to California. I mean, it would be the lead story everywhere. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Could you imagine what it would be? No.
1: And, and it would be the lead story for
0: like two weeks. They wouldn't let it go. I mean, that, that is just unbelievable. So, <laughs> um, so there's a story out there. We've been playing uh, the Eric Swalwell dancing, <laughs> Eric fa- Fartwell. Fart and um, so there's a story here in the Federalist. Communist China spy infiltrated... California politicians, including Russia hoaxer, Eric Swalwell. And what's amazing about this, we'll get. I don't have time to get into the whole story right now, but what's amazing about this, it just shows you <laughs> that when, the, um, when all the three-letter acronyms ha- ha- want to protect somebody... Now, this guy ran for president for about eight minutes, but he still ran. And somehow, this comes out now... After the election, now you, if you remember uh, Franken Feinstein, she had a problem with this as well too. Her driver, we come to find out <laughs> for like 20
3: years. that was her liaison. that wasn't her driver. 20 years of <laughs> with this guy yeah okay
0: was a, uh, was a Chinese spy as well, and uh, poor uh, Diane never never picked up on it like <laughs> the little camera tie with the little like the camera and the bow tie deal. Speaking of James Bond, she never picked up on any of it, and oh. she was on the intelligence community. <laughs> yeah, I'm up so by like it. she's intelligence, like she's supposed to like know things. You mean the lack of intelligence? And yeah. now we have here another one. It looks like in uh, Fartwell. <laughs> oh God! I got a great
1: pic- picture of him. I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys as well.
0: All right, live from Studio Six B. <laughs> <laughs> Just thinking about Joe Biden. I'm really proud of this group I yeah. put together. Let me introduce them to you. here. We've got uh, Javier Macarena. Bac- yeah,
1: Macarena, and, uh,
0: and uh, yeah, you're real the, proud of him, Joe. Who's the other guy?
1: Yeah, stand up. Oh,
0: oh. <laughs> that's Tony Lombada. Yeah. yeah. So, who who so, here is uh, is actually on the team? Oh, it's him. Okay, <laughs> yeah, it's him okay yeah the guy i'm putting up for health and education soon <laughs> <laughs> no no he's fine joe's fine it's just a damn teleprompter got him again yeah with the words yeah all spelled out for him all right 30 minutes past the hour so um here's the story about though fartwell and the communist spy and this is by jordan davidson in the federalist today a chinese spy cultivated deep connections with U.S. Uh, Democrat politicians for years, including with Representative Eric Swalwell of California, to send political intelligence and personal information back to communist China, according to a report <clears throat> by Axios. And it's just, so this is not a story by, like, the Federalist or no. Red State or someplace <clears throat> where they go, wow, look, it's an Axios. <clears throat> Axios reporter spoke to U.S. intelligence officials and former acquaintances of the spy, Fang Fang, or Christine Fang, as she went by, to outline how, under the direction of China's Ministry of State Security, one of the country's primary spying agencies, she collected private information on U.S. bureaucrats, especially those in California's Bay Area. According to U.S. intelligence officials and a former politician, between 2011 and 2015, Fang socialized, networked, With Representative Judy Chu and then Representative Mike Honda campaigned for now Representative Ro Khanna, volunteered for Bill Harrison, the mayor of Fremont, California at the time, fundraised for people like Tulsi Gabbard, and in some cases developed romantic or sexual relations with politicians to gain intelligence and send it back to her handlers who were believed to be stationed in mainland China.
1: Maybe it was the dancing.
0: She also reportedly used her close ties to government officials and politicians to place sub-agents as employees or interns in some political and congressional offices. Fang developed a relationship with Russia hoaxer Eric Swalwell, who began serving on the United States House Permanent Select Committee on Intelligence and as a ranking member of its Central Intelligence Agency subcommittee, in 2015, reports from a political operative and intelligence official indicate that Fang raised millions for Swalwell's re-election in 2014 and helped place at least one intern in his Washington, D.C. office. Quote, according to the same two people, she interacted with Swalwell at multiple events over the course of several years, Axios reported. Despite his repetitive harping, On the GOP and Trump about Russia collusion, the failed presidential candidate's office told Axios that, quote, Representative Swalwell long ago provided information about this person whom he met more than eight years ago and whom he hasn't seen in nearly six years to the FBI and no longer has contact with the Chinese spy. Fang reportedly gained access to political circles as a student at California State University East Bay. In her positions as president of the school's Chinese Student Association and president of the campus chapter of Asian Pacific Islander American Public Affairs in 2011. She hurriedly departed from the U.S. back to China in 2015, despite planning to attend upcoming events in the States. The same year, U.S. intelligence warned local and national politicians through defense briefings of fang's chinese intelligence connections saying that fang's cozying up with the politicians in question was part of a long game play by communist china quote to strike up a relationship with you and see if you move up the line fang's particular operation appeared to have been dissipated in 2015 according to axios The Justice Department has filed no public charges against Fang. U.S. intelligence first began to monitor Fang after she met with, quote, a suspected MSS officer disguised as a diplomat at the San Francisco consulate who was already under surveillance by the FBI. Soon after, the FBI's San Francisco division began to investigate Fang. One U.S. official claimed that the fact that she was traveling around the country to network with U.S. politicians was a big red flag and indicated that she, quote, was on a mission. The Bay Area, the article notes, was targeted for several reasons. First, it's home to Silicon Valley, making it a hotbed for Chinese economic espionage. Secondly, China sees California's economy as an opportunity to influence significant policy through the state's politics. (laughs) Operating out of the Bay Area also reportedly allows communist China to keep tabs on large Chinese-American communities in California, quote, to influence these communities to become more predisposed to the regime, as well as surveil and stamp out potential uh, organized opposition to the CCP. According to Axios, the MSS The agency U.S. officials believe to have employed Fang, quote, has a unit dedicated solely to political intelligence and influence operations in California. China has been known to attempt to infiltrate U.S. institutions in the name of spying before. In September, a community affairs New York police officer with close uh, family ties to a Chinese Communist Party was arrested and held without bail on charges of acting as an illegal agent of China, wire fraud, making false statements, and obstructing an official hearing. As I told you, Senator Dianne Feinstein, former chair of the Senate Intelligence Committee, also once employed a staffer who was secretly using his position to send intelligence back to Chinese officials, also at the MSS. That same month, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo warned legislators at the Wisconsin State Capitol to remain cautious of the Chinese Communist Party's attempt to influence American institutions. In addition to the CCP's meddling in local government, Pompeo warned against China's attacks against American businesses and universities, encouraging legislators to crack down on enacting IP security. Engage with free and democratic Taiwan and examine state pension funds that might be connected to Chinese surveillance, he said. Well, that's the report on um, the story involving Swalwell. I'm surprised that's out of Axios. It is. And um, it just shows you DNI Radcliffe came out a a week or so ago. And talked about, you know, uh, China being the enemy. China's on the move. Look at what they're doing in the South China Sea. They're trying to take it over. They're telling us that they're they're taking over these islands and not to worry about it as if they're building a sandals there when we know what they're doing as they're trying to militarize these islands. And if you control the South China Sea, uh, you know, you, you, you basically there's about four or five trillion dollars of goods and stuff to flow through there. You control the Pacific if you can control that. So. We all know what China's trying to do, which makes it so incredibly disturbing that right now, at, the, at this time, where we're coming out of an administration that took this on head-on, that was... Um, I know I got to grab the video of this. There's a video I saw of a, of a Chinese diplomat talking to a Chinese audience, and yeah. the subtitles are in English. Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And, 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 and it, those subtitles were confirmed.
0: And he makes the case to basically say... Um, the fools over here that he's been dealing with up until the Trump administration, uh, basically how, how the game is played, how they play the game, how they try to influence and, um, I'll, have to, I'll pull that for tomorrow because it's really a stunning watch, even though it's in Chinese, but you you see the you can see the subtitles of what he's saying.
3: And those and, subtitles, it's important to note that those subtitles have been confirmed because yeah. there's been times where I, I'll see something like that and I might jump the gun, and you've got to make sure the subtitles are correct, but they're correct.
0: So you, you take all of that and you take what Radcliffe said, and, you, and we already know what they're doing in these places, how they're dealing with Australia. Look at Taiwan. It's like two clicks of your heels and it's gone. I mean, Taiwan was one of the uh, freest. Yeah. And just look. So when we know they're on the move here, and, look, and it just makes it that the, you look at the you know the old boys club coming. Just absolutely all the wrong people to be dealing with this. All the wrong people to be dealing with this. And, CCP.
3: And China's getting so much more emboldened, too, with their saber-rattling and their, their condemnations of um, you know, I don't know if there was a story in the Just the News where the Washington top diplomat in China was summoned by the foreign ministry, which expressed strong indignation and strong condemnation and uh, and Vice Foreign uh, Minister Zheng uh, Zhuang called the U.S. actions uh, arrogant, unreasonable, and vile. I mean, these, This is the kind of rhetoric that They didn't have the audacity to speak, you know, four or five years ago, let alone in the last year when Trump was really hammering down. This is we're watching it. We're watching a a corporate partnership with them and and, and this new administration.
1: Well, that's because they didn't have to talk that way. They had uh, everybody bought who they needed.
3: Yeah. You know,
1: they, they had free access. They had, you know, policy, you know, people fighting for their policies, not ours, but theirs.
0: Yeah. Um, so that's just an that's just an amazing story because obviously and and so here's Swalwell do the uh, both parts G the um, here's him I don't remember exactly when this is but so here's a guy who in as of 2015 knows about this obviously what's going on with this Chinese spy so here he is on MSNBC let me remind you of this roll it. I'm very concerned though that today the president's
4: administration put out a statement that you have China and Russia and Iran and they're all interfering and and gave this false equivalence uh, to them. And Nicole, this would be like if a meteorologist saw that there was gonna be snowflakes in the Rockies a lightning storm in the Midwest and a category five hurricane to hit the East coast and just put out an alert that there's going to be a weather event this weekend. That is the equivalent of what they have done. Oh, so I think uh, to politically protect uh, the president.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there he is. Uh, yes. he is uh, didn't notice his girlfriend looked a little uh, <laughs> suspicious. Ooh. Yeah, Ooh. So here's a guy that lets himself get, uh, you know, infiltrated. Well, now he's but he's an expert on uh, China when he got run when he got run like a uh, you know just an easy make target. Yeah, he was he was an easy mark. Exactly.
1: And then you've got this other news that's coming out. I don't know if you guys have seen it, uh, where Dominion Voting Systems is now being link, linked to China. And you've got a picture of Governor George, Georgia Governor Brian Kemp uh, awarding a $107 million contract to Dominion two weeks after they met in Houston at the People's Republic of China in Atlanta. Um, amazing stuff. And that's, that's from American Greatness. You can go check that article out.
0: And just to finish up on Swabble, this is a guy that during the Russia, Russia, Russia spent three and a half years peddling that Russian disinformation and as long as it was get Trump he didn't care he was half a step behind the pencil neck there whatever his name is holy shif! yeah he was one step behind him in peddling this nonsense and now we know he was he was marked and being used to gain information for the CCP. And we're going to list. We're gonna list how, how is this guy even taken seriously? How is he even on any committee at this point? He should be removed and uh, thrown out. One look at, at Schiff's face
3: makes you know there has to be election rigging. Who would vote for that guy twice? Yeah.
0: You'd be surprised out there. 6B on a Tuesday night, Eric Swalwell. I've got today's the day I've got it. It's going down today. I've got Russia collusion all over the place. Really, Eric? Do you? Okay, Jerry. Did you con- did you confer with? There he, there he is with his girlfriend down uh, out. Give yeah, come on, man, grooving. Look at her, Eric. She looks like a Chinese spy. What are you talking about? She's <laughs> hot.
1: She likes me. I think she really likes me. That's
0: like something right out of South Park right there. All right, 13th of the hour. Let's do some uh, sports here and wrap it up with Rick Amradi. What's going on, pal?
2: Tough follow. Okay, Uh, President Trump, during a White House ceremony yesterday, awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom to college wrestling legend Dan Gable. He jokingly asked Gable, uh, the Olympic gold medalist, to a match, asking him, think I could take you? Now, I'm larger than you a little bit. You think I could take you in wrestling? Would I have a big advantage, Trump asked you'd have no chance, the fit-looking 72-year-old <laughs> Gable responded. <laughs> so the president went on to praise Gable's record at Iowa State, where he was a three-time All-American and a three-time Big A champion and continued on to the world stage, where he won a gold medal in 1972 Olympic Summer Games in Munich, West Germany. Uh, Trump went on to say that Dan is the true GOAT, the president said, using the acronym for greatest of all time. Um, th- during his White House uh, uh, tenure, uh, Donald Trump, has uh, the former owner of the New Jersey Generals, of the United States Football League, now no longer, um, has given awards out to New York Yankees Hall of Famers, Mario Rivera and Babe Ruth, quarterback Roger Starback, basketball stars Bob Cousy and Jerry West and golfer Tiger Woods. So true sportsman there, the president. Love to see another four years of him giving out those awards. And speaking of the president, he is scheduled to attend this weekend's Army-Navy game in New York. The U.S. Naval Academy's athletic director said yesterday, the game on Saturday at the U.S. Military Academy's home field in West Point, New York, will mark the first time the storied rivalry will be held at an academy's field since 1943. So long time. It's going to be at West Point this weekend, and President is scheduled to attend.
0: Hey, uh, uh, Paul, I'm sorry to hear about uh, Michigan-Ohio State being canceled. Uh, That's too bad for your... Yeah.
2: That's where the cookie
0: crumbles, right? And now, basically, that means Ohio State won't play enough games to even qualify, right? Is that well, is that the word? They won't so.
2: qualify for the big eight, but they they have a still have a chance an outside chance at making the uh, the big playoffs 10? for the final four. Big Ten a big 10 big ten yeah but they still have a chance to make the uh, the playoffs depending on what happens with Clemson's ACC game and whether or not Florida beats Alabama which is highly unlikely um, in the mm-hmm. SEC game so we'll see well, how it's going to go I think they'll still qualify big day
1: why don't they just do what the NFL does just put a
2: game on any day of the week it doesn't matter at this point <laughs> it's the way it's going yeah. um, and uh, speaking of NFL Monday Night Football still in action early in the third quarter Baltimore Ravens up over the uh, Dallas Cowboys 17 to 10 Baltimore Baltimore with 161 yards rushing in the first half alone with Lamar Jackson leading all rushes, the quarterback with 55 yards, not looking good for Dallas. Absolutely no defense. Well,
0: nothing's uh, looking good for Dallas, even the next coming years, because you've hired that fat coach who sucks. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, let let me just just tell you how it is. That's how it is. What
1: is that, a five-year contract you sign?
2: It's yeah, but whatever they, they, it is
0: it's five it's four too many yeah. the
2: bigger problem is the defensive coordinator Mike Nolan he's awful um, and a couple of college basketball scores switching the subject uh, Ohio <laughs> State 90 to 85 over Notre Dame um, Iowa 93 to <laughs> 80 over UNC and uh, Kansas uh, 73 72 over number eight Creighton Kansas is now number five uh, Jalen Wilson for Kansas Superstar 23 points today and um, just one more. Major League Soccer. I know everybody's uh, sitting on the edge of the seat for that. Western Conference Final. Exciting game last night. The Seattle Sounders over the Minnesota United Football Club. 3-2 to two, with three unanswered goals in the end there. Winner from Gustav Svensson at the 93rd minute with a header off the corner kick. Seattle now travels to Columbus to face the Columbus Crew Saturday night. In the championship game, Big D, eight Good. o'clock. Set your TV. Set your DVR.
0: I used to love watching the Sounders when they had uh, what was his name? Um, Pele.
2: <laughs> hey, you know Russell Wilson is a part owner of the Seattle Seahawks. Is a part owner of the Seattle Sounders.
3: Oh
0: man, I, I'm into soccer when the World Cup comes around, and then a lot of the guys who play oh, in the great. national.
3: I, the World Cup comes on. Oh. And I'm, I'm two games in. and I'm an expert. <laughs>
4: yeah.
0: You know,
3: I know everything about the game. Two like two <laughs> like two halves into the thing. Oh, we should have cut the angle. Yeah, okay. Let anyway. me let me
0: let me explain what it is watching World Cup, um, especially watching the German national team play. With my German father in law sitting in the room with me. Well, that's an experience, let me tell you that. (laughs) Because that is an experience. I've never seen anyone scream at the screen as if the players can actually hear him. They probably can. They may. From the living room. Dad, they cannot hear you (laughs) in Germany, wherever the hell they left Brazil, wherever they were, through the screen. Well, screaming. Maybe they I mean, can. Not even screaming, but screaming it every time the ball is touched. It's, it's not right for him. Every pass is not right. It has to be perfection or it's screaming. Did, did he used would, to play? Yeah. Well, yeah, of course. I mean, it's, it's, it's been their DNA, right? They, they have a ball on their foot when they're born, most of them, in Germany. Yeah. They're, they're yeah. just, I mean, it's just. They, they won so. a World Cup, didn't they? They oh, couple, of course. Yeah. The German national team is incredible. Yeah, fabulous. But I mean, he just—I mean, I, I, I don't know. He thinks he's going to affect the game by screaming at the at the TVs. I just—I don't know. Dude, we all do. Well, how, no, how no. May- no you- well, you'll come over when the next time the, the, the World Cup returns, and then you'll see what I'm talking about. And you'll be drunk when you leave my house because you'll have no choice but to be to get be, through it. And I'll be yelling at the TV, too. He's <laughs> right! So we're going to go That's there with right. a
2: better time on Germany just so we can be part of the festivities? <laughs> yes, you're
0: going to have to do I'll something. I'll bring the bratwursts. So. Right, yeah, exactly. All right, let's get to Trump here today because he was talking about the vaccine, which, of course, he gets Ugh. no credit for. I mean, when the history of this is written... The work he's done on the vaccines will be chapter one, and it is—it is—it's uh, incredible. It is absolutely incredible, um, and we don't have time to get into the, the media nonsense. But here's the one question I picked out today, because it's just—I mean, this just shows you the level of uh, stupidity, specifically from Peter Alexander. Cut twenty, G. Roll that.
5: We've reduced the number very substantially, as you know, and I see a lot of people at the parties wearing masks. I mean, I—I ha- I would say that. Uh, I look out at the audience at those parties. We have a lot of people wearing masks, and I think that's a good thing. Yeah, please. uh, Over here. Go ahead.
0: The next administration will be the one
3: ultimately that implements a lot of the distribution of this vaccine and will oversee much of the future of the way Operation Warp Speed goes forward. Why not include members of the Biden transition team as
0: part of this summit that you're hosting today? Well, we're going to have to see who the next administration is. Why not invite the Biden transition team? I would ask Peter Alexander, what in the blue hell does he think that they'll offer? Well, why? Well, what are they going to bring to the table? Joe Biden's has no plan. He doesn't even know who the hell he's nominating to what place. He can't even read sentences. He's going to add something that he needs to be invited. Why? What has he done? Nothing. What has Fauci done? Nothing. What has Kamala Harris offered? Nothing. What have any of them offered? Nothing. That man on the screen has done all the heavy lifting. It's because of him that this is even here. Three vaccines in 10 months. You can decide whether you want to take it or not. That's a separate issue. The issue is he got them here. And usually these things take five to seven years to get through the clinical trials. All four phases. He's
3: awfully confident, though, about this
0: answer. We'll Go ahead. and
5: see who the next... Uh...
0: Yeah, well, roll it and you'll hear what he says. Because... Uh,
5: we won in those swing states and uh, there was uh, terrible things that went on so we're going to have to see who the next administration is but whichever the next administration is will really benefit by what we've been able to do with this incredible science Uh, the doctors all of the people that came up the lab technicians the work the work that's been done is incredible and it will be incredible for the next administration and hopefully the next administration will be the Trump administration because you can't steal hundreds of thousands of votes you can't have fraud and deception and all of the things that they did and then slightly win a swing state and you just have to look at the numbers look at what's been on tape look at all the corruption and we'll see you can't win an election like that so hopefully the next administration uh, will be the trump administration a continuation which has led us to the highest stock markets we've ever had the best employment numbers we've ever we'll have
0: more of the president tomorrow Uh, He was fantastic today. As always, we salute our military, active and active police, firefighters, first responders. Thanks, everybody on the show. Thanks, G. Thanks, Fran. Thanks, Real America's Voice. Most of all, thank you, the Live from Studio 6B audience. We'll see you tomorrow night, 8 p.m., right here on Real America's Voice. Back with you in 22.